Hello, welcome to the, another episode of Sermon Review. That's right, Pastor Witt and Pastor Dave here with you going through Romans chapter 6. Amen. Verses 1 through 14. So quick question for you. Do people actually text you questions? They used to. Why don't, don't they do that anymore? I don't know. We should probably encourage people to do that. It's under every episode description is my email address. How about how, how about this? If you are listening to this episode, if you send us with a question next week, you will get a prize. <gasps> prize. Yeah. Cash prize? <laughs> cash, cash, <laughs> cash prize. No I'm question. Text, I'm going to text much. myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Romans chapter 6. Chapter 6. Has, has something changed in the letter of Romans? Yeah, so if you look at the first... Uh, little bit, especially 3 through 5, middle of 3 through 5, is really talking about justification by faith. Chapter 6 and 7, you're going to kind of turn towards sanctification. Mm-hmm. Really, beginning of chapter 5 to the end of chapter 8 is really one section on justification and sanctification, kind mm-hmm. of like salvation, how, to, how the implications of justification by faith, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is part of that implication, justification by faith. How should our lives now look? Right. How should we live? Mm, that's good. Um, and so this one... He asked a question. What shall we say then? Are we to continue sin that grace may abound? This is not uncommon for Paul to ask questions and yeah. then answer them. He's been doing this throughout the letter. What's he trying to, what's he doing here with asking these questions? So here's what I think is happening. I think Paul has taught a lot before, right? So I don't think this is the first time that, that Paul has ever um, uh, taught justification by faith, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure in his conversations, people have raised objections. Right. I don't think that people are actually objecting to um, the people who are actually, why he asked this question, I think he's trying to speak to the Pharisee, the person who's more of a legalist, right? right. Who's more worried about people living in holiness. Right. So I think that when pe- people ask, people, he's questioning, thinking, okay, someone's going to ask the question, what shall we say then? Should we continue to sin that grace may abound? Right. There are going to be people who misinterpret you, Paul, and they're going to think that because of what you're saying, people are going to continue to sin. Right. If I yeah. sin and God gives me grace, the more I sin, God gives me more grace. Therefore, grace abounds. Right. Well, then, therefore, I should continue to sin. Right. So I think Paul is actually speaking to the person not who's going to misinterpret him, right. but he's going to speak to the person who is worried about Paul being misinterpreted. Yeah. So and should, when someone said, that's actually a natural conclusion you should come to after hearing chapters 1 through 5. Would you agree with that? I don't know if I would say it's a natural conclusion. Yeah. Right? Because... Um, there's so much, even when he says in chapter 5, you boast in the hope mm-hmm. of the glory of God. Right. You boast that you've been reconciled uh, through his blood. There's mm-hmm. this boasting, there's this joy that you have, right? Maybe not a natural conclusion then, but maybe a common misunderstanding. Yeah, I think a common misunderstanding that, like, you know, you are, the slate's wiped clean, therefore you're good. Right. You know, but if you, in response to the gospel, right, mm-hmm. because remember, Romans one sixteen. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for all who believe. Well, right. well, to not be ashamed of the gospel is to actually live for the gospel mm-hmm. and to share the gospel. So I think what he's trying to show this entire letter is you're not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God. Mm-hmm. It is the power of God for salvation. And the power of God for salvation is transformation. It's right. not just a, forgiven. A, a, yeah, forgiven intellectual assent. Yeah. Um, you know, so every culture is going to have their own leanings. Our culture may, because we're very guilt-driven, right, right. guilt-innocent, that we want to be declared guilty. Innocent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you, I mean, obviously we, we've talked about this before, how the pendulum swings. People who are raised in a legalistic home are probably right. going to err on more than the freedom of Christ. Right. People who are raised more of a, a free, right. you know, where sin maybe is, isn't talked about, they're going to be worried more and speak more about holiness. Hmm. And I think the people that Paul was probably addressing 
um, he's probably addressing those people who are really worried about people and how they live. Right. You know. That's good. Uh, your first point was, are we dead to sin? Mm-hmm. Where are you getting this from in the text? I don't... I mean, uh, <laughs> by no means, verse 2, can we who died to sin still live in it? Mm. Right. Um, do not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death, right? Died, right? There's just this language. We were really, buried. <laughs> if, you, if you look at this text, I'm not sure how many times it is. It's like 14 verses. I think it may be 12 times that death and life is there, right? Okay. So when you, when you think about a sermon, the sermon title was brought from, from death to life. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the, that's, we got, I got that right from verse 14, right? Mm-hmm. You've been brought from death to life. Right. But that's really the whole entire idea. You've died. Right. You've been buried. So the first question is, have you died? Have mm-hmm. you identified your life with Christ? Do you realize that your right. old life is dead, gone, buried, in the water, in the grave, over? That's a good doctrine. That's a good thing to believe. How might that impact your everyday life maybe this week? Uh, well, I think that there, there's lots of, I mean, again, it's hard to differentiate the first point from the second point. Mm-hmm. Have you died to Christ? Are you living for Christ, right? Yeah, I think we often do this with the cross and the resurrection, right? Yeah. They're often like, okay, he died. This is what happened on, on the cross. This is what happened in the resurrection. But often the New Testament authors aren't writing this way. They're putting them together. Like, you can't have the resurrection without the death. And the yeah. death is nothing without the resurrection. They're, you got to see them together. Yeah, yeah. So even the, when John first started baptizing people, right. keep up with the, 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 the fruit of repentance. Right. right? Repent and believe. Mm-hmm. Well, if you believe, you're going to live in repentance. Right. So like, there's these there's two wings of the same plane, right? You can't, right. You can't differentiate them too much. So, yeah. so I think this idea of practically, how does it help me to know that I've died? Well, I can't live like I used to. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of Paul's language, you get this in Ephesians 4, um, you get this in um, Colossians 3. I put off the old. Right. I put on what is new. So right. I can no longer use my lips mm-hmm. to speak profanity. Mm-hmm. I can no longer use my my eyes to look at things that God hates. Mm-hmm. I can no longer um, take, my, take my hands and do things that would cause the Lord pain. So I'm now using the instruments, my, my eyes, my hands, my feet, my mm-hmm. ears, and I'm actually using those specific things now, no longer for evil and for myself and for my purposes, but for God and his glory. Right. There's, there's a transition there, right? So I think that, honestly, how, there's so many different applications. So on, on Monday, you wake up and you're tempted to grumble, hmm. right, against your boss because he, you know, challenged you on something right. or asked you to do something else. Well, that temptation to grumble is, am I going to use my lips and my tongue to speak grumbling? Well, right. Paul... Again, in Philippe said to do everything without grumbling and complaining yeah. so that you may be pure and blameless children of God. So like in that moment, you have a choice. Am I going to use my instruments to do good or to do evil? Mm. I can't do evil because I've died. My yeah. old life is gone. That's the old person, right? You know, just this, this past week, um, I was just thinking about how the Lord has kind of grown me in my own life, mm-hmm. you know, early in marriage. Um, I was, I always struggled to do the hard thing, like the, the, the thing that took a little bit more energy. So, for example, I'll give you a classic example. Okay. Um, I would uh, take my dish to the sink, but I wouldn't clean it off and put it in the dishwasher. Or I would um, see my clothes uh, folded, but I wouldn't put them away before mm. I went to bed, right? Yeah. You know, I wouldn't take the extra step. And I just noticed the other day, I'm like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm now more often than not want to do the extra step hmm. right rather than than i when i used to be like i not would not be able to do it right and of course i had to train myself to do that that was not natural for me right but again this is an implication like, that's the old self right the old self the old dave wouldn't have done that 
I want to be the new David in Christ. Right. right. So this is really what, you know, chapter five is speaking. Are you in Adam? Yeah. Or are you in Christ? That's good. I mean, I, I could, there's so many applications, you know, I, that you can make in this. I mean, you, you work with college students a lot. Yes. Think about that, the idea of like <laughs> talking to college students. How does this idea that you have died in Christ and now you're called to live for him, mm-hmm. right? Give me, if I'm a regular college student, how would, how would this maybe apply, apply to me? So right now, even with our youth, we're going through how to fight sins. And that's, you know, part of stuff that we're going through. I think one, I was actually talking to a, um, a pastor uh, yesterday about this topic and idea and just how much content there is in the New Testament. And the hard part is clearly giving it all to someone without taking the weight off, right? These are heavy languages, death and life <laughs> you know they're, they're very uh, weighty and so be able to communicate things like that i think you do very good of okay you've died okay you died to sin you're transformed from a different kingdom you're a new person all these are you're now i think jerry bridges does this really well on pursuit of holiness he talks about what is then keeping you from being obedient to jesus christ it's not that you're in the wrong kingdom it's not that you're um you know still under sin uh, you have the Holy Spirit in you. You've been given the commands. So what's then keeping you from obeying Jesus? It's really just us. You know, like yeah. We're now left to just, you can now walk in obedience. That's why the commands are given. It's because you can now do it. Um, and so Kevin Young has a really good talk on this. He goes, uh, grace-fueled, no, grace-fueled, faith-fueled effort. I think that's a, a he, that last one. It kind of throws us off because especially with, you see that all of Romans is you're justified by faith. You're justified by faith. Yeah. You're justified by faith. Do something. Yeah. Walk. Walk in the light. You got to first John chapter two. You gotta walk in the same way in which he walked. You have to actually walk. You have to do something. And I think um, one thing that we often do is we underestimate the power of God's word yeah. in our walk in our sanctification. It's a sword. You know, it, it it's profitable for uh, teaching for reproof for correction for training and righteousness that the man of God may equip for every good work. You know it's it's very profitable. So I think sometimes we don't realize how much we have been set free. That's really like we can now please God with our works, and then He's also given us everything that we need. We've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit. We have been given the Word. We have been given prayer. We have been given the fellowship of the believers. All these things the Holy Spirit is using. So. You know, the word is, you know, Hebrews says it's the Holy Spirit's word. Prayer. We are, is, Romans 8, the Spirit intercedes for us. Yeah. Three, the, the people, the Holy Spirit has been given to each believer. And so now, and gifts have been given to the Spirit for each believer so that we may use them with each other. It's like, man, we have been given so much because Christ has accomplished our holiness on the cross and the resurrection. And now the Holy Spirit is applying it to us in our work and our life. And there's just so much there. Um and I think Romans six is really one of the go-to no, it's, it's verses such, for that. It's such a go-to. I think this this idea. So I'm the, my title, my, my my main theme was the question, "What are you known for? What mm-hmm. are you characterized by?" I'm really getting that from the the, the reign language, right. right? So he says in, in chapter five, twenty-one, so that as sin reigned in death, mm-hmm. grace also might reign through righteousness leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So your life should reign righteousness, right? right? I think that there's there's addition if you're in Christ, right? So this idea of so verse. 12, let sin therefore not 
therefore reign, let mm-hmm. not sin reign, therefore in your mortal body to obey its passions. There's this right. idea of reigning, mm-hmm. right? Like if you're if your life is characterized or you're dominated or you're giving yourself rain, over giving yourself over to it, well then yeah. then you, you may not be belong to the Lord. Yes. Because a life of a Christian you can't let sin reign in your mortal body. And there's so many warnings. So many warnings. Right. Um, but we mean the last verse, let sin have no dominion over you. Like, right. You know, like wrote First Corinthians six, you you um, will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. You will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Matthew you five, know. it's you better be than mastered by anything. Yeah, Matthew five, uh, it's better to go to heaven lamed than your whole body thrown into hell. Hebrews three, don't sins deceitful hardness of heart. They they escaped Egypt, but they died in the wilderness. Right? There's yeah. all these exhort one another every day as long as it's called today, so that we're not being unbelieving, deceitful heart among you. Yeah. So I think one just very practically. Okay. How do we? Again, for the constraints of time, I couldn't get a lot of practical things. Okay, how do you sure. let not sin reign in your mortal body? Yes. And again, this is kind of maybe Ephesians or Romans eight twelve. We mm-hmm. kind of get there, like you know, you're saying be killing sin and sin be yeah, killing. Yeah, yeah, we want to kill sin. So how do we do that? Right. Yes. So get, here, here, here's how I how how I do it. Right. One, I want to notice the sinful intentions of my life and heart. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Uh, we had a staff meeting last week, and after the staff meeting, a member of, of the staff said, hey, you, your tone in three different places, you said this idea of being in charge and leading. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what was, what was this, I'm kind of asking the question to myself, what am I right. being known for? In that meeting, what I was being known for was not maybe humility or um, you know, uh, laying myself low, but it was maybe elevating, mm-hmm. right? So you know, we are not, well, that was helpful for me, right? Yeah. Because Jesus said, as leaders, we should not lord it over people, mm-hmm. but we should be the servant of all. So right. in that moment, what I was trying to communicate, even though I think what I was saying was true, I was not communicating being a servant of all, mm-hmm. right? There may have been a, a seeds of maybe domineering or lording it over, right? So like, okay, well, that, that means I got to cut that. Mm-hmm. And I got, okay, why is that there? Mm-hmm. So I'm asking the question, why is it there? So I can pull it up yeah. and, and, and sever it, right? Yeah. So now I'm... I'm hyper aware, right. right, of those thoughts that are in my head, those those inclinations, right. you know, because someone was gracious enough to point it out to me. Right. right. So this is the beauty of being in the body of Christ. Yes. You know, so so for you, if you are, think about your members, think about yeah. your eyes, your hands, your feet. Like, if your eyes are tempted to look at things you're not supposed to look at, yeah. well, then you need to, to okay. I need my eyes can't look at that because they have to be used to look right. at, looking for God's glory. So I'm not gonna have a critical spirit mm-hmm. against people. I wanna. Want to encourage them, you know. Yeah. So again, this is this is hard, right? Yes. How do we let sin not reign in our mortal body? Well, we identify it, yes. we confess it, we repent, and we trust again in the grace of the gospel. Yes, I, I think yeah, the scripture also doesn't give you a lot of uh, creative possibilities. They give you concrete promises that you can hold on to and that don't change. So it's like. If you're in a war, would you like a different weapon every day and you don't really know how it goes? Or would you like three weapons that you know will destroy your... <laughs> it's like, I'd rather have those three. That I can... Will you... Oh, man, it's the same gun today. <laughs> it's like, okay, but it gets the job done. The Word of God will expose your sin. And not only that, it will show you how to correct it. And not only that, the Holy Spirit will use it then to show you how to... Walk in the way of righteousness so that you can do every good work the Lord God has asked you to do. Yeah. And not only that, if you need help, you can pray and ask for help. And he has promised to hear your prayer and the Holy Spirit will intercede on your behalf. And he's using the word. It's like, 
do not get tired of the tried and true God's word. Pray. There's a prayer that scary to ask, but we should pray often. Lord, show me my sin. It's, yeah. a, it's a terrifying prayer because we might actually see our sin, but he is faithful. He is good. He's working for our good. And ultimately, that's what we're leading toward is holiness and righteousness, right? He is um, predestined us for adoption of sons that we may be presented holy and blameless before him. Um, yeah. Oftentimes, lately, when I, before I preach, I've been praying um, Psalm, the end of Psalm 19. Um, it says, um, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Mm-hmm. Right. So I want my words, and I say our collective thoughts together as we meditate on the, on the word. Mm-hmm. But right above it, it says in verse 12, who can discern his heirs? And then he, the psalmist David, declare me innocent of my hidden faults. Keep back your servant from presumption and sin. Let, mm-hmm. you, let them not have dominion over me. I think even David is saying, mm-hmm. listen, let not have sin have dominion over me. Mm-hmm. Right? This is what happens every single week. We don't want to have sin to have dominion. Mm-hmm. Right? Reveal, your, reveal things to me. Reveal yep. my, my sin so that I can, I can, I can, I can um, deal with it. And then if you don't know, we have a, a book nook available with books and there are two books i highly recommend uh one is holiness by jc ryle it's a little bit thicker but it is a good read like not just like his illustrations are like you know pinpoint but the other one is a uh, it's kevin young this little blue book i think it's called uh how to live with a clear conscience uh or turning from sin he kind of highlights our conscience, and that's a gift to us from the Lord, and the Spirit uses our conscience. Yeah. And you speak on this pretty often of you want to be sensitive to your conscience. Yeah. You don't want to go against your conscience. And really, in our fight with sanctification, we want to be careful that we're not just ignoring our conscience and numbing our conscience and scaring our conscience. We want to be sensitive to how the Spirit is pricking us to, okay, what might be sins that we're looking over? And it's your conscience can be a very good, helpful tool for that. Yeah. Any maybe last promises you see here of why fight sin or, you know, a promise from Jesus Christ in our fight with sin? Well, I mean, I just, I love that verse five. It always, you know, if we share in a death like his, if we confess our sin, identify Jesus Christ's death, we most mm-hmm. certainly will share in a resurrection like his. Mm-hmm. There's the promise of eternal life. Amen. I've been crucified, right? My old life is gone. I've been raised. I will have life. But the power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in me. Mm. He's given me power, right? Now, this is the idea of the idea of salvation, right? Yeah. I, I mentioned it on Sunday. In justification, God removes the penalty of sin. In sanctification, he moves the power of sin. Mm-hmm. In glorification, he moves the presence of sin. Mm-hmm. Salvation is not complete until we're in glory, when all sin is removed from our presence. Right, right now, the power of sin's over, right? Mm-hmm. Sin has no dominion over me. Yeah. Right, I have I've been purchased with a price, so now I, I my ruler, my master is the Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. I've been transferred from, from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of the beloved Son, where I have redemption and forgiveness of sins. Yeah, that's good. That's a powerful, powerful mm-hmm. thing to hold on to. Amen. Would you mind praying this out? Yeah. Father, we pray that we would not let sin reign in our mortal bodies. We pray that we would live for Christ in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen.